It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you tonight? Doing pretty good. What's up with you? Oh, not much. We've got the schedule. You know, shocked to see who the Titans are playing this year. Big surprise <laughs> uh, as far as all that's, all that's gone. It's always, it's always so funny to me how big of a thing this is. Like you said, now it's just, you're just finding out the order yeah. in which people are playing. I don't get so, it. Um, people, people get really excited by it. But we'll talk about it. I mean, there are some things, obviously, there's some conclusions you can draw. There's a couple of kind of quirky things in this Titans schedule. So we'll get to all that before we do. Remind you, right from me to see miracles.com, where we cover the Titans for SB Nation. So you can check us out there. You can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jay Morris MCM. Terry's at T Lambert TN. Get the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just search out Locked On Titans. Hit the subscribe button so you'll get the new episodes as soon as they're available. Uh, we're going to record a couple episodes with Justin Mello breaking down the draft uh, for early next week, and then obviously we'll have tons of reaction to the draft. You know, the night at night that it happens. And then plenty of analysis following in the next couple of weeks. So subscribe to the podcast. You'll get it there. Also, if you want to leave us a voicemail, 615-787-8762. Uh, keep that to about a minute, and we'll be sure to get those on the show. Um, probably save that until the week after the draft. But if you've got any thoughts now uh, that you want to say before the draft, you want to call your shot or something like that, we, we can give you credit for that later. Um, but anyway. Uh, so that's that, that's everything we got going on. All right, like I said, schedule release. Uh, I'm sure if you're listening to us, you have already seen the schedule. But if not, we will run through it real quick. Um, week one at Cleveland. Week two, the Colts at home. Week three at Jacksonville for Thursday night football. The Titans' only primetime game uh, on the schedule so far. Week four at the Falcons. Week five, home for the Bills. Week six at Denver. Week seven home for the Chargers, week 8, home for the Buccaneers, week 9, they go to Carolina, week 10, the Chiefs come to Nashville, you have your bye in week 11, you have Jaguars at home, week 12, you go to the Colts in week 13, to Oakland in week 14, Texans at home, week 15, Saints at home, week 16, and then at the Texans in week 17 to finish out the year. All right, so the first talking point, I think that everybody, you know, the fan base is all riled up about, is one primetime game, and it's Thursday night against the Jaguars. Um, I'm a little bit surprised that the Titans didn't get more than that. I, I mean, you've got a team that has been fairly successful uh, a couple, couple, three years in a row here, a year off of winning a playoff game. You know, we're 9-7 last year on a winning record. They've got plenty of games against, you know, marquee players, marquee quarterbacks. I mean, it, it seemed like there were a few options there that they could have got primetime games. Now, with all that being said, I don't think any of us are overly shocked that they didn't uh, used to that. And, you know, a, a lot of times people have complained about it kind of without justification because the Titans have, haven't been very good. But I think you can have a little bit of a legitimate beef here with the Titans only getting one based on the success that they've had the last couple of years. Look, I'm going to be brutally honest. Um, the Titans don't play an exciting enough brand of football. To, to get a bunch of primetime games. You know, it, it's it's just, it's Derrick Henry, it's this run game, it's Marcus Mariota, it's been Marcus Mariota throwing for 140, 150 yards, uh, you know, no touchdowns. It's not real exciting, that's not something you go sell to a TV network. So I get it, I, I totally get it. Maybe I'm one of the few Titans fans that, that does get it, but, uh, you know, this Jacksonville game, it's become 
an annual joke on, on Thursday night is it's not going to change because it knocks out Jacksonville's primetime spot and knocks out Tennessee's primetime spot. So you knock out two small market teams uh, in their primetime spot. You don't have to worry about them for the rest of the year. So I don't think it's going anywhere uh, until these two teams play a more exciting brand of football. You know, the Titans certainly have wins. Uh, you know, they haven't blown anybody away, but uh, definitely a, a 500, a slightly above 500 teams over this last you know three years here. So um, you know, you thought the Jaguars were gonna were gonna be something down the road, but that obviously didn't work out. But uh, again, uh, until the Titans play an exciting brand of football and, and kind of get out of this, uh, what are we doing with Marcus Mariota? Uh, I, I think you're going to see the schedule makers kind of keep them at bay here, and all you're going to see is that one Thursday night game a year. Yeah, I mean, you're right. And like you said, I think maybe more than anything, the, the six, maybe more than the success, it's the brand of football that they play. They take them away. I, I tell you what I don't hate is having that short week in week three, um, you know, because then you, you kind of get a mini buy after that game, and you've only played two games at that point. So it's not, you know, like in the middle of the year or late in the season, having a really short week. Uh, you know, it's all like the Titans had last year when they played the Jaguars here. Um, so, I mean, I, I do like that from that standpoint. I, I think it sets up well. I like having a buy a little bit later, week 11, I think is a, is a really good spot to have the buy. Um, you know, basically halfway through or close there. So, I mean, I, I do like that. The other kind of things that you look at when you look at a schedule or things that stand out to me, weather um, is, is something that you want to think about. You know, you're talking about after a week after that week 11 bye, you don't have any, um, you, you know, what you think will be tough, tough weather games. The games that aren't here, you're at Indianapolis, that's obviously inside. You're at Oakland, California, the weather's going to be good out there. And then week 17 at the Texans. So you don't have to worry about any kind of you know snow blizzard type game late in the year. The other thing that you don't want to do is go to Florida early in the season. Uh, we saw what happened last year when they had the what eight hour game in Miami. Uh, they do go to Jacksonville, but it's a night game um, early on, so it, it shouldn't be as hot air. So I mean, I think when you look at it from that standpoint, the other thing you know the Denver game, Denver and Cleveland were really the two that you would be worried about late season weather. You've got both of those in the first six weeks of the season. So, I mean, I, I think the Titans, you know, did pretty well as far as that was concerned. And then the, the last thing I'll mention, you know, just when you talk about when they play these teams, it's really weird how you've got four of your six division games after the bye. And we don't see the Texans until week 15. And then you see the Texans twice in three weeks there. That's really weird. I, I don't like that. I, I never, you know, you, it seems like you'd be able to spread those games across the uh, across the schedule. They did a better job with the other two teams in the, in the division, not bunching them up as tightly. But, uh, you know, listen, if, if they can get to week 11 and still be in the hunt, they're going to have the, the meat of their AFC South, South schedule still ahead of them. So, you know, if they're sitting in a in a good spot when they get to week eleven, they're going to be in a situation where they control their own destiny, and that you know that's obviously good. That was going to be my point. I, I was going to say uh, they better make some hay in the first eleven weeks of the season because you know Jacksonville is a very winnable game, uh, but at Indy, you know you haven't beat the Colts in <laughs> uh, decades. It seems at least Andrew Luck uh, in the Colts. 
Um, at Oakland is a winnable game. But then you go, you finish with Houston, uh, you get the Saints, and then you go at Houston. That's, that's three tough games. Um, it seems like the Texans have had the Titans number as of late. I know they were, they managed to beat Deshaun Watson here in town uh, with Blaine Gabbert, but it was kind of a fluky game. It, it just seemed like Deshaun Watson wasn't quite himself yet. Uh, I, th- I think you saw the the true Texans kind of show out in their second matchup there. So, uh, you know, yeah, playing Houston twice um, in the last three weeks of the season, that's weird. I, I know it, it's tough. I, I know you've got a lot of things to work out as a schedule maker. Uh, I think the Saints are the – the Panthers and Falcons, I think, played a similar schedule last year. So it happens. These things happen. But uh, unfortunate because I think Houston's a bad matchup for Tennessee. Uh, interested to see uh, how they respond. Uh, but like I said, uh, I, I think they need to make hay in the first half of the regular season for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, coming up, we'll finish our thoughts on the schedule and then get into a couple of notable draft visits that have happened in the last few days. Matt Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. We got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen he's just been uh, complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play yeah let's throw a couple nuggets out on Allen and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3 what's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted and he got better I thought this past year which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, just a couple more things that that I've kind of noticed the more that I've looked at it. One, that Panthers game in week nine, I remember there was the rumor on whatever day it was, I guess Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday, that the Titans were going to be opening at Carolina. I would have liked that better because you got Cam coming off that shoulder surgery. Um, and, and similar to like what you were saying with Deshaun Watson last year. I mean, you know, the Titans coaching staff got, gets a lot of credit for that win against the Texans last year. And, and, and absolutely deservedly so. I mean, they put together a great game plan, you know, went and won. But like you said, Deshaun Watson still wasn't himself. I just remember that last play of the game where he ran around for the forever and, and let time expire. So, I mean, I, I think they did catch a break by catching him early in the season. Um, so, you know, if, if Cam's going to be healthy, he's not going to have something else going on. Um, you know, you would think by week nine, he, he's going to kind of be back to himself. Um, that's really it for me. That it stands out. I don't know if you had any other thoughts. But like I said, I mean, we, we know who they're going to play. It's just the order. And I, I don't know. Like I said, the weirdest thing to me is just the all those division games at the end. I did hear, um, I think it was on the OTP, they were talking to some – mathematician or something and he said something about there's more nfl schedule possibilities than there are atoms in the universe in the, on the earth or something <laughs> crazy like that i can't remember the number they threw out but it was something crazy i, I can't imagine what they go through you know to make these things work and you think about i mean obviously you have to make sure that you know you don't have the same team playing in two different places in the same week but you know, think about stadiums and conflicts and, and just all that kind of stuff that goes into it 
I, I can't imagine the amount of you know time and energy that goes into this. And I'm sure it's easier. I'm sure they've got all kinds of computer programs and stuff that they can that they can put a bunch of information into and, and you know spits out a schedule and then they kind of work from there. But it's still, I mean, there's a lot of variables that they have to input to get you know the initial schedule that that a computer would give you. Yeah, that's where you see the the, the weirdness come out with with playing Houston two out of three weeks. But uh, I, I think the Browns, opening with the Browns in Cleveland, I think that's kind of interesting. It's kind of cool because you're going to have Odell there. You're going to have a lot of hype around this Browns team over the summer. You know, They're, they're kind of the media darlings already. Uh, Baker Mayfield, what he did. Freddie Kitchens, uh, you know, everybody seems to love him. Uh, Titans are going to avo- probably co- avoid Kareem Hunt there. Uh, facing a suspension, so that's a, that's a touch of good news there. Uh, but that's that's an interesting matchup because the Browns, they're going to be good. You know, they might be favored to win that division. Um, it, it's weird how quickly they've turned turned it around. You know, Sashi Brown uh, accumulating all those picks and John Dorsey kind of capitalizing on them. Uh, Odell Beckham, you know, his first game as a Brown. That's going to be a really fun environment. It's going to be a tough environment, uh, but it, it just seems like a slot where the Titans can kind of upset things in week one and nobody's going to see them coming. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a, a tough environment, like you said, because that, that fan base is going to be excited. They haven't had this much hope in, you know, since Bernie Kosar, probably. So, um, you yeah, know, that's, that's good for them. They already have a line um, on that game, too, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah it's Titans. Uh, Titans are five-point underdogs. So Vegas, Vegas buying into the Browns hype. You know, Vegas isn't, isn't typically one to buy into hype, but it certainly seems like they did so there. Yeah, absolutely. And hey, listen, I got a lot of good players up there, so that, that'll be fun. Like I said, that'll be a fun environment. It'll be really fun if the Titans go up there and win because they kind of, you know, crush a fan base that's as, as high as that one is. So hopefully that's something they can start off with there. All right, that'll do it for Skill Talk. Last thing, a uh, couple of visit, visits reported uh, this week heading up to the draft. Uh, you had Cleland Farrell, uh, I think Farrell is actually how you say his name, and Marquise Brown. Uh, two of the two of the more interesting prospects in this draft, um, two guys that could absolutely still be on the board when the Titans pick at nineteen, uh, guys that will probably not be on the board when de- probably definitely won't be on the board when you get to fifty one, but should go before the end of the first round. Um, you know, we talked a lot about both of these guys. I-, I think guys that both fit things that the Titans need. Um, obviously, we know that they need you know pressure. Uh, on the quarterback on defense, whether it be from the defensive line or the edge position. So Pharrell obviously helps you there. Marquise Brown, a speed guy. Um, the Titans lack that on offense. We've talked about kind of our concerns with him. But, you know, as as these draft things come out, um, it's just interesting that they had both these guys in because, I mean, they're guys they could absolutely, they could absolutely be in the conversation at 19. Yeah, Brown is so interesting because – I mean, I get the Deshaun Jackson comparisons, but man, it just seems like for every Deshaun Jackson, there's a Corey Coleman out there, and uh, I, I just, you know, I, I don't know if I'm too close to this to, to the Taewon thing, and you know, Marquise is, is a better pros- prospect clearly, but I, I, I'm just not big on five nine receivers, 160 pounds. Uh, I mean, coming off a foot injury, uh, I, I'm just not buying that. Uh, durability long term in the league you know we're talking about trying to maximize this roster for Marcus Mariota trying to figure out what he is absolutely if he comes in he's healthy absolutely 100 percent 
He can stretch the field. He can help this offense. But is he going to be 100% from day one? Do the Titans have to wait on him? I don't think the Titans can afford to wait on the 19th pick. So when you talk about a guy like that versus a, an offensive lineman that you can plug in and play at right guard, versus a defensive lineman that can come in and disrupt, uh, you know, versus a guy like Cleveland who can come in and start on the edge for you and potentially start for a long time, it's just hard for me to get there. So uh, Cleveland is a guy to me that, that fits John Robinson uh, you know, I think he has 21 sacks over the last two years at Clemson. Played on a stacked line, uh, so didn't really get to face those double teams. Uh, but you know, a, a junior that had been there for four years uh, obviously has the production which we've seen John Robinson really value in the past. So um, th- that's an interesting conversation when you talk about uh, Cleveland versus an offensive lineman or, or maybe a, a guy like his teammate Christian Wilkins. Uh, I'm, I'm fascinated to see which way the Titans go. Yeah, I would be shocked if they took Brown at 19. Uh, I, yeah, I, just, I don't know. I would be, I'd be really, really surprised there. He seems more like a guy that if they were able to trade down, uh, then that's, that's a conversation you start to have. You know, and, and Pharrell, I, I think that is probably, I mean, I'm by no means a draft evaluator. But I would think that one of the hardest things that, to do in this draft would be to evaluate those Clemson defensive linemen. Because you're looking at, what, three guys that are from that line they are going to go in the first round. Uh, and then that's, just, that's just crazy. And so how do, you, how do you tell? Like you said, you know, they can't really double-team anybody because they got other guys that can hurt them there. I do think, though, that when you're talking about him coming into a line that has Jarrell Casey, um, you, you can alleviate kind of some of those concerns because he's going to be the focus so, you know, maybe he, he doesn't have to face as much of that as he would if you were walking into another situation. But, yeah, I mean, that, that's what it's going to come down to is what does, what does John Robinson value the most there? Um, does he think if he's going to go with the defensive player there, does he think he's got an offensive lineman, an offensive lineman that's going to be sitting there at 51 that can come in and start? Because, again, and, and, and I mean, you can give me your thoughts on this here in just a sec, but I, I just – they have to come away – from the first two rounds of this draft with an edge rusher and an interior offensive lineman. Now, if you get a guy like like Pharrell, I mean, I think that that counts as your pass rusher there. So, I mean, I think that's okay. He's not necessarily, you know, a stand-up outside linebacker. Um, I mean, I think, I think you're good with that. But I think if they're going to pass on a Garrett Bradbury or whoever at 19, they have to feel pretty confident that there's going to be a guy there at 51 that can come in and at least compete for that right guard spot right away. Yeah, I'm going to widen that. I'm going to say instead of an edge, uh, you got to come away with an edge. you got to come away with a defensive disruptor. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, and I think we're on the same page with that. Uh, you know, getting a guy like, like Wilkins, like Jerry Tillery um, at, at 19, uh, I think that's fine as long as you would, you're able to address the offensive line uh, at 51. And obviously, that's a risk, and obviously, I, I think – you know, offensive line is is clearly the, the most important spot for the Titans. Uh, that's, that's just my opinion, though. But I do think those two needs, uh, offensive line and, and front seven, you know, wherever it may be, I, I think the board is going to fall. I, I think it's going to make John Robinson's decision for him. I'd be surprised if both Wilkins and, and Cleveland Farrell are still there. Um, you know, and, and you talk about Garrett Bradbury and Chris Lindstrom. So, if all four of those guys are there, I'd be real interested to see which way John Robinson went. Yeah, that would be a fun conversation to be a part of um, if those four 
guys are there to see where they go. So, anyway, all right, well, that'll do it for this show. We appreciate you listening. Like I said, we've got a couple episodes to start off the week with Justin Mello coming up, kind of breaking down everything that is the Titans draft, and then we will have plenty of reaction to everything that happens Thursday night, Friday night, over the weekend. So um, be sure and check that out. Again, the best way to do it, just go ahead and subscribe to the podcast so you'll see those episodes come to your phone or, or however you're listening to this as soon as they are available. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jay Morris MCM. Terry's at T Lambert TN. Thanks so much for listen, listening to this episode of Locked On Titans, and we will talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite college team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.